On today's special new release episode, we go small. I talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. Hello and welcome to the Flixology Podcast, a podcast that looks at all forms of media, analyzes it, and dissects it, whether it be movies and television. And today, I know what you're thinking. Four episodes in one week, that's right. Tuesday, we did a Valentine's Day special on My Bloody Valentine. Wednesday, we talked about the insane romantic comedy, Overboard. Last night, we did Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. And tonight, we are talking about the new entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Directed by Peyton Reed, starring Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Jonathan Majors, Catherine Newton, David Desmekian, Katie O'Brien, William Jackson Harper, Bill Murray, Michelle Pfeiffer, Corey Stroll, and Michael Douglas. And this movie is about, uh, basically, uh, Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly... The uh, characters, their daughter's character, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer are sucked into the quantum realm and where they have to go one-on-one with Jonathan Major's character, Kang the Conqueror. So, this is the start of the new Phase 5 in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which basically means we're now getting the villain who is going to take the role of Thanos after Thanos' death and Endgame. We just finished Phase 4 with the television and movies that were sort of crossed into all of this. And they sort of did this again with uh, this movie as well. I won't give away too much. But out of Phase 4, the only probably good movie we got out of that whole bunch was the last entry in Tom Holland's Spider-Man series. Which I do recommend that movie. So now we are starting off Phase 5 with an okay movie. Like, this movie is okay. There's really nothing, really, anything to stand out with Paul Rudd and the heroes. It kind of feels like Paul Rudd's dialing it in. There are a few moments where it is funny, but it just kind of feels like it falls flat on its face sometimes with his deadpan humor. And I like Paul Rudd. I think Paul Rudd is funny. I really do. I just feel like he could have done more with this character in this movie. Especially um, with the introduction of his daughter, now a Ant-Man, Ant-Woman character. who She has her own suit and everything. She goes big, goes small, and kind of has the same powers as the Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now we need to talk about the Quantum Realm. I honestly thought... The Quantum Realm was fascinating. I kind of would like to see more. Like, we get some little aspects of the civilization in the world. And then we get Kang's entire sanct citadel or sanctum. Whatever you want to call it. And I feel like there could have been more. Like, we do interact with some of the characters in the Quantum Realm. But, I mean, there's literally a dude that has a broccoli for his head. And it's like a giant broccoli stem little green things on his head and everything. I don't know. I felt like it would have been cool to do more. I mean, even Bill Murray's in this movie. He's like in this realm and he's only in it for like 10 minutes. He kind of just did this just to repaint his bathroom, I guess. I don't know, but it was, it's interesting to see like how they operate, how they survive and try to live in this realm. Now, Jonathan Majors plays Kang the Conqueror. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I am a huge fan of King the Conqueror from the comic books, uh, from the animated series, and everything else. 
I love Kang the Conqueror, and it's nice to feel like he's finally getting his own little shot at being the next big baddie. And honestly, everything about him just makes sense to me. Um, publication history, character history, character motives, and everything. I love it. They don't really go much into with this movie, but at the same time, I wanted more. I really think Jonathan Majors is going to be a really good character uh, actor to to play this role. And, you know, he's having one hell of a year. He's in this movie. He's probably going to be in Loki Season 2. Um, if you haven't seen Season 1 yet, please do, because he's even in that. And then he's going to have Creed 3, which literally comes out next month. So he's going to be making a lot of money and being pretty much everywhere, and I'm okay with that. I've loved Jonathan Major since Lovecraft Country, and honestly, he shines as this villain. And I wanted so much more. And they built him up as like this ominous, death-dealing character and everything, and he does do some things, and he has this really good fight scene with Paul Rudd. I just wanted more. Like, it's kind of like when we got a taste of Thanos in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. He was only in it for five minutes. You wanted more Thanos because it's Thanos. I wanted more Kang the Conqueror because I love Kang the Conqueror more than Thanos. And everything with that was great. Um, the writing for him was awesome. The writing with everyone else just kind of fell flat on its face a little. It just it didn't really feel like anything. Plus... You know, it's really hard to do a lot in this movie because a lot of it is just CGI from what I can tell, what I saw. And, you know, I know that that makes a hard time with actors because they have to pretend like, oh, this is happening in the corner and this is going to go here and da 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 da. And that really makes it hard for an actor to concentrate. And I will go ahead and say this. We do get a secondary villain in this movie. We get MODOK. Finally, we get MODOK. Or mechanized organism designed only for killing. I love MODOK. I wish... I was even surprised who MODOK is. And you have to kind of go back and see some of the Ant-Man movies. I won't give away much to get who he is. But I have always loved MODOK. I even love that Hulu um, MODOK television series that they did where it was unfortunately canceled after one season with uh, Pat and Oswald playing MODOK. But, oh my gosh, I am finally happy MODOK is in this world, in these movies. I was finally happy to see MODOK, and it's everything that I thought it was going to be, and a little more considering who he is, technically. So, uh... Honestly, this movie for me is about the villains. I love the villains in this movie. I love everything about a villain character because with a hero, you sort of have like this moral compass and you know he's always going to do right. It's like Superman. Superman's always going to be the goody two-shoes at the end of the day. However, if you have a character like Joker, he has no moral compass. He'll do whatever he wants to get whatever his way or he'll just make it up as he goes along. With these two characters, they have their ways, yes, but they're willing to do anything to get it. That's what makes them great. Can't, I feel like everything should be focused more on these two. And now that we're going to have a whole um, phase about Kang the Conqueror, and eventually they're going to do another Avengers movie called the Kang Dynasty, 
I cannot wait to see what happens. Especially after seeing the post-credit clip at the very end of the movie. I will go ahead and say there are two clips. And it does set one thing up. And it does set something up later that we're going to get later this year. But I feel like at the end of the day, this movie kind of... This movie can go either way. You're either going to like this movie or you're going to hate this movie. I love this movie for the for the villains and sort of a little bit of the quantum realm. Although I wish we got more. The heroes in this movie, it just... I don't know. Like, even Michelle Pfeiffer and, and Michael Douglas, two legendary great actors and actresses and everything. Like, it just felt like they were dialing it in. All in all, would I recommend seeing this in the theater? No. It's going to probably hit Disney Plus in a couple of months, maybe two or three months from now. Just honestly wait till it comes out on Disney Plus. However, if you're a huge Kang fan, go see it because he does steal the whole picture in my in my opinion. You know, it's kind of like I was as I was walking out of the theater, there was this couple in front of me and they were arguing about the movie and I heard the girl go, well, Kang was the best thing about it and the two post-credit scenes. Hell, the two post-credit scenes were the best thing about the movie. And the movie was was crap. And I, I mean, I, I have to agree. I hate to admit it, but I have to agree. I feel like this movie should be seen, but just wait till it comes out on Disney Plus. You're probably gonna enjoy it that you didn't spend the money, and honestly, you're probably gonna have a better time watching it on Disney Plus, knowing that you didn't spend so much money. But that's gonna be my review of Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. As always, if you'd like to send us an email, please do so at flixologypodcast at gmail.com or check us out on Instagram at flixologypodcast. And as always, please like, please subscribe, please write a review, and please spread the show word of mouth. That's how we get it out there. Now join me this upcoming Wednesday when I end uh, our month of February with the timeless fairy tale classic, The Princess Bride. I promise you, you will enjoy it as much as I enjoy talking about it. But as always, this is the Flixology Podcast. I'm your host, John. Take it easy.